Good morning, church. We've had such a powerful morning. And really, everything that's been said this morning, it's about what we, it's all kind of what we're about to say. So we just want to add to what's already been said. Amen. So this morning, we want to talk about preparing for the harvest, a constant state of readiness. Now, what do we mean by that? You know, at the beginning of the year, Pastor Tony shared what was on his heart, what God said to him about people coming in. He's also talked about turning the church inside out and going out. And also to add to that, we kind of talked about scripture in John 4, 34. From verse 34, but I'm just going to focus on 35, which says that, don't you have a saying, it's still, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Amen. And Jesus was saying that the harvest is already ready. So if the harvest is ready and there's constant readiness of harvest, we have to be ready to go in and constantly harvest. Amen. And this morning, we want to look at what are some of the challenges that we face that hinders us from being constantly ready? What are some of the things that we need to do to stop us from stepping in and stepping out, but always to step in and lock in? Amen. We want to use the analogy of a farmer and harvesting this morning. No farmer plants his field only to harvest half of it. The intention is to harvest everything. No farmer wants to lose even a single grain. Amen. And so is our father. Amen. He doesn't want to lose any of the harvest. Amen. Okay, continue. Um, there's a right timing for farming. Um, there's a right timing to harvest. Um, Bible says that there's a time to sow and a time to reap. And what we are concentrating, uh, concentrating on now is that it's time for the harvest. Hallelujah. It's time for the harvest. When you read John 4.34, when you get to um, the verse 37, it says that one sows and another reaps. This is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. Hallelujah. There's a time to sow. There are people who sow. There's a time we have to sow and there's a time we have to reap. But we are concentrating on reaping. This early this year, Pastor Todd talked about, you know, you know, bringing people in, speaking to people. It's time for us to speak to people. You, you'll be surprised so many people out there, they've heard the word of God before. And once you step in and bring the word of God, the, you know, the reaping comes in. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, like if you remember when I told you about speaking to a lady, Tracy, all she was waiting for was the right word at the right time. And when I spoke to her, you know, she just leaped. This is what I was waiting for. You know, so the harvest is ready. Whether you know uh, you want it, uh, you whether you like it or not, the harvest is ready. 
but we have to do the work we have to do. The harvest can't harvest itself. Someone has to harvest it. Hallelujah. There's a right timing for harvest. I remember when I was growing up, um, um, I, I stayed with my uncle some time ago. I, 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 I know my, my dad went to Nigeria and then brought us back home and we went to stay with my uncle. And he was experimenting, you know, as a man, you have to do different businesses to survive. So he, he said he wants to go into farming. So we went to the farm, you know, till the land, plant some crops, and it was time for harvest. And that was his first time, you know, he didn't know much about, much about it. So, and then he started, you know, we wake up and it's a bit, you know, a bit of a rain, you know, he said, oh, let's wait, we can go tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes, something else comes up. He said, oh, let's wait the next day. Then we kept on postponing. Then the day we went to harvest the corn, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> the rain has soaked it. Uh, you know, insects have, you know, because when, when it's wet and this and the insects also come in and then try to, you know, eat it and so many things. So we harvested, but we lost about half of the crops. So the following year, we, did, we went in again. And then when it was time for harvest, because they tell you it's time for harvest, it's time for harvest. So when it was time for harvest, we went in, harvested, and everything was just as it should be. And I learned a lesson from there. You know, when we we're talking about this, I learned a lesson from that um, that uh, aspect that there's a time to harvest, and now is the time. When you read, it says, "Do not say that there's four more months before the harvest." Jesus is saying the, 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 um, it's time for us to harvest. Hallelujah. So harvesting at the right time and in the right way maximizes yield. It prevents losses. And quality deterioration. Amen. Mm. So what are some of the things that we can do to make sure that we are in a constant state of readiness? That when the opportunity comes, we're ready. It's not that now we're coming to get ready and prepare ourselves to go, but we can step right in. So the first thing we want to talk about is a strong foundation in the word. You know, when we, for us to go out, we need to be built up in the word. Not just the word as the word, but as we heard this morning from Pastor Tony, the word himself, that is Jesus. Amen. Mm. If you listen to, if you read 2 Corinthians verse 2 from verse from 1, when Paul was talking, he said that, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Paul did not go to the people by his own wisdom telling them about the testimony of God. Sometimes we want to talk about the testimony of God, but we want to go in our own strength with our own words. It says that for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. Mm. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in, in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, we want to show you a picture. And we'll talk at the end of the, um, this session. We're just going to go back to this picture and ask you again. Now, the question is, when farmers harvest, they have two options in harvesting. They can either harvest manually using small tools and stuff, or they can go mechanized that is use 
you know, like big machines that's more efficient. Now, the question to you this morning is, do you want to go manual or do you want to go mechanized? So we'll come back to it. Yeah, uh, continue with the word. Um, Second Timothy, Second Timothy 2.15. It says, I study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As we touching on the word, you no know, one thing that was said in this scripture is that we have to really study to show ourselves approved. We need to study so that when it comes to the time of harvest, because you don't just go to harvest crops, you have to prepare yourself. You have to, like she, she rightly said, you have to choose whether you want to go the hard way or the easy way. You know, the hard way, you know, using your own strength. Do you want to use your own strength or you want to stand on the word of God? Do you want to stand on what God says? You realize that when Jesus was around, when Jesus was having his ministry, anytime or anywhere he goes, anything that he does, he stood on the word. He brought in the word, for it is written. For the the word says, no, he always stood on the word. We don't stand, if we don't stand on the word, we end up using our own strength and we end up running on fumes. Like a car running, you know, a car needs a diesel to run on, petrol to run on. But if the petrol runs out, it will be running on you know, empty fumes and there will be no strength for the car to continue. If we don't have the word in us, you go stand, try to harvest. And then when standards rise against you, standards, you know, standards are raised against you, you realize that you have nothing to say and then you'll be stuck. I remember some time ago, um, someone knocked at my door. It's some years past. Someone knocked at my door and tried to talk to me about God. It was Jehovah Witness, you know. And they started sharing something which I didn't really understand. So I also brought my, but the word of God says this. Then they'll say this. Then I'll say, but the word of God says this. Then they realize, no, I'm coming from a different angle. They, you know, they, they, they can't understand me. I can't, but I, I was standing on my ground because I knew the word and I knew what I was about. And they just knew what they wanted to tell me. So once I raised up a standard against them, they decided, no, okay, we'll see you next time. And that's the same way. That is what will happen if you are not filled with the word and you go out there to stand up, to harvest, to, you know, to speak to people, to stand in the courtyard, to speak to people about Christ. If you are not well built in the word, if they raise a standard against you, how are you going to defend yourself? Or how are you going to um, yeah, tell about what you actually believe in or what you are actually bringing? We need to really fortify ourselves in the word of God to be able to Can I say? carry on. Yeah. In effect, what we are saying is you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. Now, what we carry is Jesus, and we know Jesus is the word. And one of the ways we can get to know Jesus is through his word. And filling, him, filling ourselves with the word means we carry Jesus with us. If we don't have that, then what can we give to people? We need to build ourselves to make sure that we are a true reflection of what Christ is. Because when you go out there, you're not going with your own personality. You're going in the name of Jesus. And if you don't look at him, 
people are going to, if you don't look like him, sorry, people are going to know, they'll find out that you don't look like him. But what you're telling me, you don't look anything like what you're telling me. So we need to know him so that we can look at, look like him so we can reflect him. Pastor said this morning, it's not just about knowing the word. It's about knowing Christ. But the way we can build ourselves and know Christ is through his word. Because him and the word are the same thing. And, you know, Phil has said a number of times, the way you treat the word is the way you treat the word. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, Second Timothy chapter 4, it says that I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ, Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to step up his kingdom. Preach, verse 2, it says that preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Hallelujah. Where other versions um, says uh, the verse 2, other teachings also says that, but keep clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry of God, the ministry God has given you. Hallelujah. Now, only Jesus has the power to save. We don't have any power to save, but Jesus has entrusted us with the power to go out. Amen. In a world that is lost, that has no hope. We don't come with our own ideas and with our own philosophies. We have to offer them Jesus in the full message via his word. If we don't have the word in us, then we cannot stand. Then we cannot give what the people require. We cannot give them that light in a world that is darkness because Jesus is the light. We can give them hope because Jesus is hope. Amen. Okay. Uh, let me continue from there. It says, I preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. One thing we took from this is that there's nothing like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm ready. I'm not ready. I'm ready. We have to prepare ourselves so that we are ready at all times. Amen. You know, if someone asks you, what is the hope or why do you believe in God? You should be ready. You can't say, oh, let me go and ask my pastor and come back to you. No, you should be ready to give an answer to whoever asks you, what is the hope that you have in Christ? Hallelujah. So we have to be ready at all times. And we have to be able to correct. If you don't have the word in you and you are in an environment and something is not right, how do you correct the environment? How do you correct or how do you encourage people? If you are in a situation and somebody needs some encouragement, how do you encourage when you don't have the word in you? Do you go by philosophies or your own word of knowledge? Or do you stand by the word of God? The word of God is not just the word of God. It brings life. So when you are encouraging somebody through the word of God, it brings life. Amen. When you are encouraging somebody through your own philosophies, they'll say, okay, I'll accept or not. But when there's life in it, it's something different. Is something different. Hallelujah. So if you have the word, going out it's, and harvesting is easy. It's efficient. It's better. You're not doing it by your own strength. 
And that goes back to the picture I was talking about. That do you want to go manual or do you want to go mechanized? Do you want to spend hours and hours? I mean, if you look at the field that he has to cover with that one machine, or I don't even know what to call it, but it's going to take him forever. But that is how it is like when you don't have the word, when you don't know God and you want to do work for God. He's the Lord of the harvest. If we want to work in his field, we have to be close to him. We have to know him. If we know him and we are close to him, we are like the combined harvester. You're self-sufficient. You're smart. You're, you, you, know, you know what to do at the right time. And you can cover the ground because it's not by your own strength. You know, in our own strength, we can do nothing. It's not by power or by might. It's by the spirit of the Lord. And the word of God encompasses everything. It encompasses everything. And if we can stand on it, if we can build ourselves and be strong, then we can go out and not be wavered, waved, be wavered by anything that we face. We will not be wavered by the size of the field. We will not say that it's too big. It's too great. They are too difficult. They don't listen. They can't hear anything. Their hearts are turned. But you will know the heart of your father. And you will know that there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than the 99 that does not. You will know that because you know the heart of your father. And you will fight for every single one. Amen. First okay, Peter 3.15. It says, about sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. But sanctify the Lord, the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Hallelujah. Amen. It continues, you no? Know, it's about the word. Once you have the word in you, you'll be always be ready to give a defense because people will always you know, raise some standard against you. You just don't go and say, oh, uh, come to Christ or I'm telling you about Christ and then some will just listen and then accept. Some will also come with their own questions, their own philosophy because remember, there are so many words out there. People hear so many things. If you don't preach, somebody else will, Jehovah Witness will preach, church of something will preach and different you know, people hear different words but when you are going with the truth when you are going to, with the right word you have to really be ready because when they, um, they raise the standard you should be able to you know, have a defense give a defense to what they ask you know, for the reason that you have you know, for the hope that is in you hallelujah Amen. Yeah. so to end this session we just want to ask this point we just want to ask you how much time do you spend in the word and with the word? Because if you are not filled with him, then you cannot accurately reflect him. Then you don't have anything to offer when it's time to harvest. And the harvest will just slip through your hands. Amen. The okay. Um, yeah, continue with um, a bit of about the word too. It says that um, we, we said something about bring, building a strong foundation in the word. 
um, one thing, you know, we had this uh, scenario or analogy that when you want to build a house or raise a building, you need, depending on the type of building, you need some sort of foundation. You know, building just as a one-story building or just a flat building, you don't really need a foundation. When you go to some places in Africa, they just raise some structures, bamboo and so on, and there's no digging. You know, just put it on the ground and, and it's, a, it's a building. When you want to build a two-story two building, you need some level of foundation. When you want to build something like the Hilton, it's another level of foundation. And we take the word as that. Depending on how high you want to go, you have to know the type of foundation in the way that you have to build. You know, the stronger your, your, your foundation, the higher you can go. Otherwise, you get to a level and realize, no, I can't continue. So we're just encouraging each other, you know, encouraging each other. We need to build more to be able to go higher. Amen. Hallelujah. So the next point we want to talk about is sacrificing and enduring suffering. Now, the reason why for us this is important when it comes to harvesting is because it has the tendency to move, af move, move us off track, move us off concentrating on the harvest. But that's exactly what the enemy wants. Now, the journey to the state of readiness is not without obstacles. It's not without trials. It's not without sufferings. And it's not without our fair share of sacrifice. Sacrifice more in the area of our will and laying our will down and taking up the will of the one that we said we believe in, the one that we say we love. Amen. Amen. Oh. Second Corinthians 2.11. Is this? Oh, okay. You know, our walk with God, if you think about it, the moment you decide that you're going to walk with God, you become a target. So you cannot, you cannot decide to walk with God and not have suffering and not have to sacrifice. Suffering more because the enemy sees you as a threat. The Bible says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The one we walk with brings life. Now, when we decide to be carriers of that light and that life and not just decide to live it ourselves, but we decide to go out and share and make sure others also carry the same life and, and the same light, we become targets. So it is part of what we do and who we are. You cannot decide to walk the right path and not expect that the enemy is going to leave you alone. So suffering comes with what we do. Second Corinthians 2.11 says that in order that Satan might not await us for we are not unaware of his schemes. Other version says that in order that Satan does not get the upper hand of us we have to be we are aware of his schemes. We know what he's trying to do. The moment we decide to do something for God he says no I'm not going to allow you to do it. And he brings things our way to cause us to go off track. Now, God is not the author of evil. And through difficult times, he never leaves us. He's our champion. He fights for us. Amen. He has already won the day. 
But the enemy's intention is to take us off course. To leave us so that we don't have to concentrate on the harvest. That we concentrate on ourselves. And like Pastor said this morning, to be in self-pity. And just kind of think about yourself. So instead of you looking outward onto the field and harvesting, he tries to cripple you so that you will just concentrate on yourself and therefore miss the harvest. That is what he wants to do. So when suffering comes our way, we have to know that this is what he is doing. And we have to rise up. And like Pastor Sunny said this morning, stand up, step in, and lock in. Amen. He says that, in Revelation 12, 12, it says that the enemy knows he has little time, so he would do all he can to move us off, off track. He knows he has little time. And we have, as a church, we have, we have, you know, kind of arise aggressively to say that this is what we want to do. And we are taking this thing seriously. We want to stand in the temple court. We want to press. We want to push. We want to see the testimony of God. And the enemy doesn't like that. So what do we do if we know that he's just playing schemes? How you react when you go through difficult times, how you react when you go through sufferings is really, really important. And that comes back full circle to the word and the foundation of the word because how you react is a sign of how much of him you have in you how much of how much submissive you are to him like pastor tony said this morning so if you look at we want to look at a few people in scripture that kind of went through some sufferings and how they reacted and what they stood on if you look at joseph now, there are many lessons from the story of Joseph that we can learn from. But if we draw on some of his strengths that he kind of portrayed in his suffering. Now, he's, he's just a boy. He was just going through. He's had a dream and he's just talking about it. You know, he's not done anything wrong. He's just living his life and being excited about what God is telling, telling him. And sometimes we also get excited about what God is telling us. But where, does, did, where did this end him? He was hated by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was held captive. He was imp imprisoned. All for no wrongdoing. Sometimes we haven't done anything wrong. We've done everything right. We've, you know, we've stayed in the word. We've done everything. But we still find ourselves in situations that we, we're not sure how it happens but what did joseph say do he stayed true he still believed in the word that was given to him and everywhere he went it didn't matter the circumstances he was in he gave his best he gave his best even as a slave in potiphar's house he gave his best when he was in prison by kind of telling the revealing the the dreams that the other prisoners has had he remained true even through it all even to the point that when he was released and he became, you know, the governor in Egypt, when his brothers came in verse, uh, Genesis 50, 19 to 20, he said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended me. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. 
And in as hard as it is sometimes in our lives, we have to look at things from this position as well. I know it's hard sometimes when you're going through difficult times to see it that way. But if we stand on the word, God will give us the strength that we need to see that we are in the position that we are in for a reason. Amen. If you look at Job, the Bible says that Job was a man of integrity. <laughs> I don't know how a man of integrity can go through what he went through. He, di- he didn't do anything wrong. He, he served God. He was faithful. But God said, have you considered my servant Job? So sometimes we're doing all the right things. And maybe that is the reason why we're going through what we're going through. Because God wants to use us as a testimony. Amen. Because we will come out on the other end. Now we don't have to be afraid. Because God has won it all. We already know that we are the victors at the end. And we have to stand from that position. And look at things in that way. Amen. If you look at Apostle Paul. And what he went on. What he went through. This week I was reading 2 Corinthians 11. 22 to 23. And I tried to make a list of all the things that he went through. And tried to take what I've gone through alongside it. I didn't even take three. <laughs> you know. He says. To just to highlight some of the things he said. He said. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move and have been in danger of rivers. In danger of, from bandits. In danger from my fellow Jews. In danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, <laughs> in danger in the country. This man cannot go anywhere. In danger at sea and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and I've often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Wow. And all this, he was going about his father's business. It's not like he was doing something bad and, you know, you say that he deserves it all. He was going about his father's business and he still have to go through. But the greatest lesson for us is that he didn't stop. These things, all these things did not stop him. You know, sometimes if we go through some things, we'll say, oh no, this is so dangerous. I'm not going to do it again. And while we consider safety for ourselves when we do things, there is a passion in Paul, which is the greatest lesson for me, is that I don't stop when I go through these things, but rather I step on the gas. And I'm just waiting for that day. Amen. Okay, the next one is Jesus. When we look at the life of Jesus, we realize he was another example. You know, the Bible says that um, no servant is greater than his master. And if we are 
following Christ, you know, he said that the things that he did, greater things will we do. And we realize that Christ came for the good of the world, you know, to save the world. But look at the things that he had to go through. It wasn't like, you know, on a silver platter, he just comes, you know, does what he's, you know, he has to do. He had to go, go through suffering. He has to go through lashes, go through so many things. But he stayed focused. He stayed focused, and that is one thing we have to, you know, take from him. Yeah. That in spite of all things, he stood on the word, he stayed focused, because he knew what was at the end. Amen. If, like the scripture we said, um, our meat is to do our first, you know, to go about our father's business. If we know what we are about, then we have to stay focused. Things might come our way, you know, we, we are all human. Things might come our way to sway us a bit. But in all things, we have to rise up and come back on the on track. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to come back on track so that we can continue the race and finish our course. Why is it that when you decide to intercede for your family or you decide to do something for God, all of a sudden something negative happens? You know, I remember at the early part of this year when the church was robbed. Why is it that when we aggressively stood up and said, we're going to go out to the community, something bad happens? It's because the enemy is trying to shut us down. He's trying to cause us to stop. But we didn't. And that's a great testimony. But rather we proclaim love. Rather we proclaim forgiveness. And that is the same thing that as a church and as individuals, we rise up and we see beyond what the enemy is doing. Mm. And the clarity of that vision is underpinned by the word of God and by God himself and how much of him we have in us. Amen. Okay. So what are you willing to put down? And what are you willing to pick up to see the purpose of God fulfilled? Deuteronomy 31.6 One thing we have to be you know, we want to, I'll, I'll read it. I'll just bring it across. Is that we need to be strong and courageous. Amen. Is that something you want to pick up? Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. Is that something you, have to, you want to lay down? For the Lord, your God, goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. One thing we have to know that is, we have to know is that we are not on our own. We are working for Christ. And he has said that he will not leave us or forsake us. Depending on how you look at it. If you are depending on him, if you are looking up to him for everything you do, then he will be with you. He will be with us. So that's where the angle we have to take it from. We have to know that we are depending on God. Less of us and more of him. If we, if we have that mentality, then we won't struggle much like the, the harvester. We won't struggle much because once the machine is doing it, you know, like when you are going with Christ, you know that you have all heaven backing and you can bulldoze anything. You can just go through, you know, you can just go through. But when you are doing it with your strength, it takes so long and it takes so much energy. Hallelujah. Okay. So sacrifice and suffering is part of our walk. I'm sorry, but I have to say it's guaranteed. If you want to do the right thing, you're going to become a target. But the good thing is that our champion has already won the day. Mm. 
We know we are victorious. We know we have, we will win. And it's, a, it's because he knows you're going to cause a shift. And because of that, he doesn't like that. And because of that, he wants to put you down. But God will give us the strength and the grace to step on the gas. When he's trying to push us up, that is when, like a, like a rocket, you cannot, when a rocket is fired up, there's nothing you can do to bring it down. When the fire goes from the bottom, the only place it goes is up. And that is how we have to be like, because when the enemy is trying to push us down, we switch on that engine and that fire comes up. And the only thing that happens is we go up. So the state of readiness requires us not to give up. It requires us to be strong in the word. It requires us to be carriers of the word. It requires us to reflect the word that is Jesus. We cannot offer our own ideas. We can only offer Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that has the power to save. He's the one that has the light that we carry. So we can only bring him to the people. And for us to bring in Jesus to the people, we have to be full of him. Because otherwise, we have nothing. We would not have anything to give. Okay. So, one thing we need to remember is that our food is to do the will of the master. The one who has sent us. And to finish his work. Hallelujah. If we are going to be a church, if we are going to see the testimony of God in everything that we do, we will need to push in the area of the word. And we will need to press in the area of sacrificing and suffering so that we can see the testimony of God in everything we do while acknowledging that without him, we can do nothing. So we come back to our picture. Do you want to go manual or do you want to go mechanized? Do you want to go with God or do you want to go it alone? We do not want him more than he wants. He wants it more. And he's asking us to go with him. Amen. Thank you for listening. Well done, guys. Well done. You know, this church, uh, this church, I'm going to say this church, your church, our church, his church. We've got to rise together and we've got to go and it's the time to make our, pu our faith public. And all that Irene and Ralph are sharing there is it's true, but we have to do it individually and we have to do it corporately. When you do it individually, you go mechanically. When we go corporately, we go combine harvester. Yeah? We live in a very technological age, and everybody knows that. Many people have got iPads, phones, all that kind of stuff. We take technology for granted. But when it comes to spiritual spirituality, we don't think in terms of upgrade. We always want to go the conventional way. And God's trying to upgrade us. God is trying to upgrade us. I'll say it to myself. And Tony, God's trying to upgrade us. And... Um, He's upgrading me, I don't know about you lot, but he's upgrading me to upgrade you, to upgrade us, to upgrade our city, to upgrade our society. 
I don't know about you, but this, this town of ours and this city of ours needs a radical change. And um, we all agree with that. We all acknowledge that, but we all think it's somebody else's responsibility. And while you're just, while you're just going on with your individual walk with Jesus and your faith with Jesus, and that's, that's, that's good you do that, it's your walk and your faith with Jesus that's got to be leading you somewhere. And there are people surrounded, surrounding you every day. That means there's an opportunity. Every day there's an opportunity for you to speak, for you to shine. Because, like, I think it was Ralph who said it, um, just one conversation. That person, you know, do you know, do you know that people who don't know God pray? You know that, right? Do you also know, so you've acknowledged that, people pray. Do you also know that God listens to their prayers? Do you know that? How do you know that? Well, I'll tell you how you can know that. It's not very often, you, sorry, it's not unheard of to hear somebody say, you know, I don't believe in God, but I pray today that God would send someone to speak to me. And then you go along and you say something. So you are the answer to that unbeliever's prayer. God's heard an unbeliever and he sent you to say something. I was on a bus in Malaysia thousand people at our conference plus and I just said one thing to one guy and this guy just says to me I came here to hear that and I'm just getting on the bus going to the conference and I just makes one comment to this guy and he says I came here to hear that word I'm just speaking I wasn't even preaching I'm not the preacher I just I'm just makes a comment to him on the bus never met the guy before so if I'm God's answer to somebody else's prayer, thank God for that. So that's how easy it can be. Every one of us can be answered to somebody else's prayer. And, uh, and that's, that's what it means to reach out and touch. Make this world a better place. Who sang that? Diana Ross. That's the gospel according to Diana Ross. You ever heard that song? Reach out and touch somebody. Okay, get away with it. Make this world a better place. <laughs> Let's stand to our feet, if we will. So it's the gospel according to Dana Ross. <clears throat> Not that she was ever in the Bible, but... The, you know, the sentiment, that's what Jesus did. He reached out. He, he touched somebody's life, and he made their world a better place, a different place. And uh, thank God for Jesus. Let's raise our hands if we will. Your responsibility now is to put into action what Ralph and Irene have shared. They didn't fill a morning in. They were always uh, to speak. They didn't speak because I, uh, my situation, they were speaking because that was their role. They delivered the word to us. Your role is to say, Lord, thank you for speaking, reminding me, challenging me. This week, I'll open my mouth. I will put into practice and show myself a faithful, wise servant. I will go into the harvest field and I will use what you've given me to reach those who need reaching. So raise those holy hands, if you will, and say, Father, release me this week. Give me opportunities. Show me where the opportunity lies. Give me the words. Give me the courage. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to step in and I'm going to stay in 
until I see the hand of my God working strong and mighty upon my life. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for the Father. I thank you for the relationship the Father has with the Son. Because you show me as a son of the living God. You show me as a son. How I also can have a relationship with the Father. Through the Son. So this day Father. Bless me. Speak to me. Open my eyes to see what you see. Open my ears to hear what you hear. Open my heart to capture what you've captured. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a stand ovation.